NPR. Once again, the U.S. economy has been pumping with jobs. This Jobs Friday, we learnt 517,000 jobs were added to the U.S. economy in January. That was much, much higher than expected. And the unemployment rate fell a little to 3.4%. That is the lowest it's been in over 50 years. The great beating heart of the American jobs market is not slowing down, which has got us wondering yet again, what's up with that? Yeah, interest rates shot up over the last year. That made it harder to borrow. The stock market sunk. A lot of people have been talking about an impending recession. So all of this should make jobs more scarce. One potential explanation we've heard for all this is labor hoarding. That is this idea that employers might be holding on to staff even when business is down because they know how hard it'll be to hire them again when demand picks back up. And what we discovered from talking to a labor economist and a business owner was a little bit more complex than that, but also perhaps more hopeful. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods. And I'm Adrian Ma. Today on the show, labor hoarding and the booming jobs market. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. To better understand how employers are feeling about their staffing in these uncertain economic times... I like... Hello. We spoke to Mike Kading, who's up in the Twin Cities area of Minnesota, Minneapolis-St. Paul. How's things? Things are really well. How about yourself? Mike is the CEO of Norhart. We design, build, and rent apartments. We're really focused at driving down the cost of housing. Norhart is this vertically integrated apartment company. It does everything from making fittings for their apartments to constructing the buildings and managing the rentals. And Mike is still hiring for a bunch of roles. Precast concrete erector. That is a person who helps hoist up big slabs Uh, of concrete. The steel wall panel plant factory foreman. That is a supervisor Uh, for a factory that makes steel walls. Also, Mike says he wants to hire someone who can draft building plans using a software called Strucksoft. Strucksoft drafter. It's the very, very specific niche kind of positions, the ones that we struggle the most with. And to attract the best staff, Mike says he pays top-of-the-market rate, and he gives this message to his existing workers if another company calls them. Take the call when a recruiter calls you. We want working here to be a choice that you made. But secondly, and maybe sneakily, I want to know what those other places are offering. If they offer something better, we will match or beat what's out there because we never want payer benefits to be the reason why you leave. Mike has also tried radical new things with benefits at his company, inspired by the tech industry. Unlimited paid time off for hourly construction workers. Another one is we have remote first, right? That enables people to choose their own hours, to do their own work. And there's, all, there's headaches in doing that. Yeah, that does sound like a risk. I mean, these all sound, you know, good in theory, but you've got buildings to build. You've got limited budgets at some points. And so was that scary for you as the CEO? Oh, it's, uh, it's terrifying. <laughs> but what I'll say is you find the best people 
And then that enables these things to happen. But there are storm clouds in the housing industry. Across the country, demand for apartments is down. New construction starts are falling away. And there's a chance Mike won't need all of those new workers over the next couple of years. I had one staff member come to me actually just today and said, Mike, the market's in turmoil. I see the tough environment. Like, am I at risk of getting let go? And the reality is, if we didn't have the long-term mindset in place, the answer probably would be yes. But for us, I don't want to lose that person. It took me two years to find that person of that caliber. I am going to fight tooth and nail. I'm going to give up my own paycheck before I'm going to lose that person. And maybe that's borne out a little bit of the fact over the last three, five years, it's been so hard to find those good people. And that's so ingrained in my mind that I don't want to risk having to go back to that process. So this, it could be argued, is a form of what's called labor hoarding. Even though the economic tea leaves are looking a little murky, bosses like Mike are holding on to staff. We asked Julia Pollock about it. Julia is the chief economist at the job site ZipRecruiter and a friend of the show. That is a very common experience across the economy. We just ran a survey at ZipRecruiter of 2,500 people who started jobs in the last six months. And about one in four of these new hires say that their previous employer asked them to stay and countered their outside offer. Uh, That shows how much employers are trying to hang on to their workers and stave off this threat of competition from other employers. Is this idea that's been talked about called labor hoarding? Do you think this might be part of the story? It could be. There are some surveys that suggest that companies are holding on to more workers than they need. But most companies aren't sitting there hoarding talent they don't need. On the contrary, about 40% of factories say that they're operating below capacity due to labor shortages. Many industries like leisure and hospitality still have a substantial shortfall in staffing. So I think companies are are hanging on to workers because they really still are short-staffed and they really still need to, uh, to hold on to the workers they've got. Julia says the big reason for this struggle to hire is because there are just millions of workers who have left the workforce during the pandemic. That is due in part to long COVID, uh, in part, of course, due to COVID-related deaths, uh, but also because many people retired during the pandemic and don't appear to be coming back. And also, there are positive reasons that people chose not to come back. Their house values skyrocketed. Their 401k portfolios uh, looked very, very attractive. And so people looked at their wealth and saw their net worth rise and thought, hey, maybe I don't need to work. I mean, just stepping back, this whole story of employers still scrambling for workers kind of feels at odds with all those layoffs that were announced recently. Like, I mean, just this week we heard from Mark Zuckerberg at Meta. Meta's been purging a lot of staff, and Mark Zuckerberg said 2023 would be the year of efficiency. Yeah, that doesn't bode well. And because Julia Pollack works at ZipRecruiter, she has her analytic stethoscope right on the chest of the job market's beating heart— We asked her, what was happening? Like, was the economy just enjoying one last hurrah before it got sick? I just want to read a list of December layoffs. Goldman Sachs, 4,000 employees on the cutting block. Wells Fargo laid off hundreds. We had redundancies in Adobe and Plaid and CNN. I mean, I I could keep going. This really sounds like bad news in the economy, right? I think one way to interpret them is that tech 
and finance uh, punch above their weight in headlines. You know, the Goldman Sachs of the world, the Facebooks, the Googles, they're the opinion makers. Uh, they determine, you know, stock market valuations. And, uh, and so they can drive the headlines. Whereas it's the, you know, McDonald's and the Macy's and the companies on Main Street, uh, that employ far more Americans, uh, and that really set the tone for, for most American families. Julia said that tech makes up roughly 4% of overall jobs. But when you ask job seekers where they'd like to work, 20% say tech. So tech is synonymous with a lot of Americans' hopes and dreams. And so that can explain why those headlines feel like a big deal to a lot of people. Yeah, but once you step outside of Silicon Valley and Wall Street, you get a sense of the real jobs market. And while labor hoarding might be happening in some places... The bigger factor seems to be that Main Street is still hungry for workers. This episode was produced by Noah Glick, with engineering by Catherine Silva. It was fact-checked by Sierra Juarez. Viet Le is our senior producer, and Kate Kincannon edits the show. The Indicator is a production of NPR. Support for NPR comes from ADP. Say you're in HR, and a solar flare adds an extra hour to each day. How would this impact business? ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to help your business take on the next anything. ADP, always designing for people. This message comes from NPR sponsor Greenlight. Want to teach your kids financial literacy? With Greenlight, kids and teens use a debit card of their own, while parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and savings in the app. Get your first month free at greenlight.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping... Your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.